What does the future of cryptocurrency look like? How will Bitcoin impact world financial systems? Are NFTs a fad or are they here to stay? What about the metaverse, play to earn, and AI? Today, we take a look at each of these and share our prognostications on where this is all headed. We're 100% guaranteed to be either right or wrong about our predictions. Where else are you going to get odds like that? Only here on our, this is what we think is going to happen, but when it doesn't, you can't say you weren't warned. Episode number 687 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? It's the Bad Crypto Podcast. Joel Common, Travis Wright, your favorite sirs, your favorite lords, at your favorite place for getting your favorite predictions. The Bad Crypto Podcast. Episode number 687, huh? Does that have any type of numerical significance? Well, it doesn't, but I was at the gym earlier and I was listening to Snoop Dogg. 187 with the gap in your mouth, fool. Uh, so it seemed it, we ended with 87 here. So have a gap. In your mouth, food. I don't know what that no, means. A gat in your mouth. Well, a gat is another term for a gun. It's one of those. Oh, gatling. Got it. Slang term. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, thanks. Yes, it probably putting... would be gatling. I guess that's maybe where it come from. Gatling gun. I would Except guess. They're not, they're not using gatling anymore. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for bringing that bit of a cultural relevance to the show, Trav. Man. Man, I tell you what, I am the I am the hardest white suburban guy at the gym here in puerto rico i'll tell you it's, it's just an interesting side note so i've counted between me and the so it takes me about 35 minutes to get to my nearest gym in between me and the nearest gym joel yeah. there are yeah. seven burger kings <laughs> seven wendy's eight mcdonald's and five kentucky fried chickens wow this, uh, puerto ricans like their fast food huh and three and three taco makers, which is kind of like a Taco Bell. And, oh, actually, there was two Taco Bells in between there too, and several pizza places. I didn't count all of them. But do you know how hard it is to actually get to the gym? It's like, did you go to the gym today? No, I got to. I got to Burger King number five. <laughs> I had my Wendy's little shake or something. You know what do they call those at Wendy's? The the ice cream. The Frosties. The Frosties. I got, I got all Frosty. Far away Frosty. Five Wendy's away. But it was like almost going to the gym. You don't have a Chick-fil-A on the way, though. That would be the huge deterrent for me. I can pass by all that other crap. No problem. Mm -hmm. Like, you won't find me anywhere near those. But if there's a Chick-fil-A, I'm in. You know, the one that only gets me is I do like to go to KFC to get their coleslaw. Sometimes I love their coleslaw. It's spectacular. And Wendy's does have this new spicy chicken tortilla wrap thing that's really good. But other than that, yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I can just drive past all of those. But... I have now gone to the gym consecutively three times a week for the, uh, uh, over two weeks. So that's, that's good. good. We're going to call you Beef Master, um, Travis. Soon, you're going to be a Mister. Man, I just my, my my back was just getting sore, and I was like, you know what? There's some tiny baby muscles in Travis's back. We need to fix them. <laughs> oh, going to the gym to get some big muscles. 
Well, listen, we don't have news for you today and we don't have a guest for you today. Instead, what we thought we would do is kind of look at these various technologies that have been emerging over the past decade and some of them emerging even quicker now and give you our thoughts on where we think all of this is going. And so, of course, none of the, what we're going to share with you is financial advice. They're just our opinions, our speculations. And and like the uh, meteorologists, we are guaranteed to be either completely right or wrong on all of them. These are just our thoughts and observations after having been in this world for, uh, for, for me, almost 60 years, for Travis, 50 years, and for us being in this technology space our whole adult lives. Yep. Yeah. The world has changed so tremendously. When you think about it, I was born in 1973 and, you know, Think about what life was like back in the 70s and even for you in the 60s and 70s and 80s. There's no cell phones. Mm -hmm. There's no real computers to go jump on that's connected to the worldwide Internet webs. Right. And so up until like 1994, 95, when the Internet started trucking, like it's almost like, you know, B.C. and A.D. kind of like that's like a line of demarcation when technology really hit where we could be connected online that just really changed the game. And when I saw it, I immediately knew it was going to change the game. I knew computers was going to change the game, Joel, but I just didn't like that BBS early DOS shit. I was like, this is going to be great later, but not, not yet. You know what I mean? But just not, yeah. it was great for me in 1980. I loved it, man. I was, I was probably one of you know, 10,000 people in the world that were dialing into BBSs or so in, uh, yeah. in 1980. And it was, and what were uh, you doing? Like what, what, when you dialed into the BBS, like what was that one thing that just made you go, Oh my God, what was the killer app? Well, the you? one thing was the fact that you could connect to somebody else's computer and mm -hmm. there was a community there of some kind. So there were, you know, some chat rooms, some message boards, not live chat, like you could post messages and read messages. Yeah. Um, there were some games like you would play text adventures, you know, on them. It was just that or that sense of, wow, I can take this computer and I could call in and connect to somebody else's computer and other people are able to dial in. Like some people just had one modem set up on theirs. Others mm -hmm. would get a bank of 16 modems. So you actually had, you know, a lot of activity on some of these BBSs. It was, it was a fascinating time. It was the, the dawn of the the age of the internet and uh, it was magical to be a part of it yeah i mean i had some friends that i would go and see their computer and I, I just don't think i had enough patience you know what i mean because it was just so slow oh, yeah. i was like oh my god this is so slow like and, and so that was the deterrent for me i knew that it was great technology i could tell it was going to be amazing but my patience level with it being, I'm kind of surprised that you, like your driving patience is like pretty minimal. And any. by the fact that you have sat through BBS in the early days of the internet, it would seem to me like you would just be driving like a, a chill, just relaxed <laughs> dude. But that is so not the case. But there was nothing else. So it was like you were watching. You knew that that you were seeing the future um, unveil before your eyes. And so 300 baud, you are willing to be patient. Now, here we are, you know, uh, well over 40 years later, and we're eyeballs deep into blockchain. And so let, why don't we go uh, broad and then kind of narrow it down and broad is blockchain technology. Uh, you know, and we've been tracking with this for six years now uh, on this show. And 
even during the bear markets, we've been following the stories of what companies, organizations, governments, entrepreneurs, individuals are doing with blockchain. And if you were to chart blockchain adoption, it's pretty much straight up. Right. It is just a, it is just an ongoing line that does. It's not like the price of Bitcoin where it goes up and then it goes down and then it goes up more and then it comes down. No, blockchain adoption, if you're to chart it on the XY graph, it's just more and more adoption. There's It's just one direction uh, not to have anything to do with the cheesy band of the same name. Yeah, that that is the, the, the true key to this thing is more people sort of understand blockchain oh it's a database oh it's immutable oh it's transparent for the most part right i was reading this and this is just another oh by the way side i guess we could probably talk about it with the bitcoin time Uh, but criminals are using bitcoin less because they're not even using it hardly at all anymore because of how you can trace it and so they're they're trying to do other things now not using that so you know a lot of people who have said oh you know criminals just use bitcoin and blah blah no they're not there's there's so much going on with with mainstream adoption with some financial institutions adopting blockchain for their transactions right and the the value of that security and the transparency and the fact that you can be your own bank creating your own it's it saves it saves a lot of money in a whole lot of ways uh and then you're starting to see some of these bigger companies really move in and starting to adopt it so i think over the next three to five years and is that is that what our our, our uh, we're thinking here? Is well, this, we're we're just kind of three to five to ten year predictions, or what? Yeah, it's it's what it is, you know. So um, there's there's no video for this show for you guys, but I'm putting links in the show notes and on Finder.com. I found this worldwide spending on blockchain solutions. This chart from 2017 to projected 2024. In 2017, there was less than a billion dollars spent on mm-hmm. developing blockchain solutions. In 2024, it's projected to be 19 billion dollars. And, and it's funny because if you look at this line, it's just like I was talking about, Travis, just more and more every year, even during the two bear markets that have taken place during this time from 2017 to 2024. Well, that's when things are being built. Now, this is a really incredible graph, in fact, and it also correlates uh, to the time when we started doing a bad crypto. So I pretty much think that the blockchain, you know, uh, mass adoption, it pretty much directly correlates with, with us doing bad crypto. So you guys are welcome out there. I mean, we're just out there doing what we can, you know, humbly. I think you're right. Uh, this this um, site that I'm linking in the show notes, by the way, uh, badco.in forward slash 687 shows five countries that are leading in blockchain adoption and what they're doing. It shows companies that are using blockchain tech as of 2022, Adobe, Andreessen Horowitz, Baidu, De Beers, MasterCard, MBA, Samsung, Sotheby's, Walmart. Uh, the adoption of this stuff is just going crazy. This is mind blowing. As of May, 2023, MicroStrategy has 140,000 Bitcoins in their holdings. And they just bought 12,000 more. So they're over 150,000 Bitcoin, which that is, that's a crazy number. What's going to be a really crazy number is when they get to 210,000 Bitcoin, because that's, that's a big number right there. That's a nice big chunk of all of the crypto. One one hundredth of all Bitcoin will be owned by MicroStrategy at that point. And so, you know, some of the other things to think about as we're going to over the next five to 10 years, we're going to start seeing more and more 
I think cross chain interoperability because this chain should be able to easily connect to this chain. We're starting to see that more. And so, Oh, I just, just recently I was like, Hey, I have this token here that I purchased, you know, a year and a half ago or so. And now, Oh, well, here's the bridge to bridge this to the ERC. So you can then go and connect your tokens, migrate them over to the ERC 20 version. So you can then utilize them on, on Uniswap. So it's kind of crazy. I think cross chain interoperability is going to be big, Joel. I do not disagree with you, Sir Lord Travis, right? And of course, Joel, we need to figure out what the hell's going to go on with regulation. You know, yeah. they're talking about it. They're thinking about regulation. Are we, you know, the more that it gets regulated, the more that it gets controlled. And, you know, I, I think there's a big problem with that. I think sooner than we want, they're going to be rolling out a CBDC of some sort. There's already some countries that are really doing it. And that's kind of terrifying. You know, it's hopefully if it does happen, we don't really just, you know, adopt it. But what are they going to do? You know, if I think about how they would try to force adoption of a CBDC, well, the government or the the economy kind of crashes and then they offer everyone your $2,000 a month of your universal basic income, but it's in a digital currency and blah, blah, blah. And people, who's going to turn who's going to turn away a free $2,000 a month typically? Right. right. Man- manufacture so, another pandemic, um, get people locked yeah, up and, and out of work. And uh, the, the government owes us. We need, you know, hey, give us our handout. And of course, they could mm-hmm. they could get people onboarded to CBDC overnight. This manufacturer crisis. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, this is where, where, you know, your dollars, you're going to be able to uh, to turn them in for digital dollars for a certain amount of time. And then they'll just, they'll be the worthless paper money that they've always been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is, it's really interesting to sort of watch that. And it is, it's that whole thing. It, it, this cycle right here repeats itself over and over. And you can think we're conspiracy theorists or whatever, but here's what happens. Create a problem, wait for the reaction, then offer the solution that moves them towards the destination they're choosing right? We're not choosing that destination. They just create these problems. Everybody freaks out. They don't realize that problem was created by them. I was looking to today with a conspiracy hat on and I was seeing that Adam, um, uh, he's a, he's a Senator guy or a Kitzing, Ken, Kitzinger. I don't even know the hell guy. Kitzinger. Yeah, that dude. He was talking about, he goes, Oh my, he goes, it looks like Russia's going to drop a nuke on, on Ukraine. There's some stuff. And I'm like, if you look at that whole scenario, you're like, eh, that's just some pre-programming for a potential flaw- false flag because Russia owns that area. Why would they want to drop a nuke on that? The only reason you drop a nuke at this point is if you're losing the war. And so Zelensky's talking about, oh, nuke, nukes, 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 nukes. Like, come on, people, let's calm down. Let's not buy into the pre-programming because that's you know, what typically happens. This so, whole conspiracy CBD theory. Yeah, what, what does a conspiracy theory hat look like? Because you said you put it on. It's not tinfoil um, well, anymore. It's more sophisticated, right? Well, it's actually more of a sombrero. It's a okay. tinfoil sombrero. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. It's so accurate most of the time. It just needs to be a really big hat because we can tune in to all the frequencies. Anyways. All right. Let's, let's go on to good. our next topic, which is, uh, which yeah. is Bitcoin. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, w- the cycles seem to be holding. Very true. And again, not financial advice, but if I look at the cycles, what the cycles tell me is that next year, 2024, we're going to see a face melting bull run. And I think it is exacerbated 
by the the fact that the dollar is being devalued um, on steroids that that now they can print as much as they want there's 29 trillion in debt i think is the oh, is, 31 it, trillion in debt 31 trillion no cap there's no, no cap debt limit right now. <laughs> no cap which by the way i think that that's a saying today the kids say no cap um, as slang for something or other I mean, oh, those kids on our lawn. <laughs> they need to no, get off. No, no cap, yo. So, um, you know, is the price of Bitcoin, is is this next run going to take us over $100,000? I personally believe so. You know, we hit 69 on the previous one. I think it got stunted shorter than, um, than we thought it was going to. But what that tells me is, again, 19 and a half million Bitcoin have been mined. A hundred and a half million will be mined long after we're dead and gone. And the, the last Bitcoin, um, you, four million are probably lost. A million are in Satoshi's untouched wallets. So what have you got? You've got maybe four million in super strong hands that are never selling. So eight billion people in the world are going to be battling over 12 million Bitcoin, and now you've got the ETFs that are in the approval process for BlackRock, and I think uh, Fidelity's got a, a spot ETF that's in the process. Once those hit, that's it. That that that's game over because now all the financial institutions of the world are going to be following suit of BlackRock. It's so true, and this was interesting to me. I was watching Bloomberg just some highlights, and Hugh Hendry who is a big hedge fund guy who one of the smart one would debate. He's one of the smartest hedge funds guys. He's like the opposite of Jim Cramer. That's possible. And uh, he has been against Bitcoin, against Bitcoin, against Bitcoin. And just last week he said this, he goes, you know, um, the smart people are putting money in Bitcoin. He goes, why? And he has, he's from like New Zealand or something. So he's got like a really, you know, kind of a janky accent. And he goes, you know, the total market cap is half a trillion dollars for Bitcoin. <clears throat> half a trillion. So what? It 10Xs and it's what, 5 million? What? It can easily three, it can easily triple to 1.5 million and it's a drop in the bucket. The total commodities bucket is like $100 billion or 100, excuse me, $100 trillion. So for Bitcoin being half a trillion, it could easily be 1.5 trillion, if not 5 trillion, right? And so if it goes 10X, we're looking at Bitcoin at, you know, a total of what, $300,000 Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. Like, and that would put it at, you know, $5.9 trillion or something, which in the grand scheme of things, all of the crypto market being around 10 trillion, that doesn't seem off to me. He was talking about how gold, there's no way gold could 3X because it would be worth more than all of the stocks in the U.S. stock market. That's not happening. However, Bitcoin tripling seems highly probable to him, not financial advice, but that's just saying, what do I expect in the next three to five years? Bitcoin's going to be sitting at about $200,000, $300,000 of Bitcoin down the road. Yep. That's and that's, that's why I've bought Right. You guys do your mm -hmm. own research and, you know, governments could make it illegal, but it doesn't mean people aren't going to use it because they can't stop it. It's unstoppable money. It is highly decentralized. And even if the United States of America says we are making it illegal for citizens to uh, to mine, to spend, to accept Bitcoin. Well, guess what? We're 380 million out of a world with 8 billion people. And yes, we're influential, but that hasn't stopped people from innovating offshore and going, well, if America is not going to do this, we 
will. And so uh, Bitcoin is not going away. And um, I'm a believer. Yeah, I think also over time, Joel, that the L, uh, L2 solutions like Lightning Network and some other stuff <clears throat> built on top of Bitcoin, moving them off of the main Bitcoin blockchain, because there was some stuff going on that that, that the delay for the, a Bitcoin block acceptance was just the time was just ridiculous here recently, several hours like it was just bogged down. And I think the more ordinals start popping off, as they have been, more people using those, there's going to need to be more and more of those L2 uh, solutions uh, for Bitcoin to run more effectively. So I think that's something we'll probably see more of. Well, and that leads us to crypto in general, right? Because Bitcoin is the the big kahuna and the most important coin um, in the world. But there are thousands of others, you know, from Ethereum and Litecoin and Solana and Wax on down. There's a lot of different tokens. And, uh, you know, I think that we're going to see the top ones remain near the top it doesn't mean that you know i don't know if solana deserves yes it's fast but there's so many problems with it and and it's gone down so many times i don't know if it deserves to be up there towards the top but there will just like mcdonald's doesn't deserve to be you know one of the most popular restaurants in the world because it's shitty food uh but there will be cryptos that are going to survive either based on their merits or based on marketing. And there are going to be those that, that, uh, that never have adoption, but they're not their Other coins are not going away. We're seeing more and more come out. Yeah. We're seeing more and more come out, but I also think though, depending on what happens with regulation, how they can sort of stymie the growth of some of those, right? Like we were seeing this originally I mean, back in the bull run of 2017, we were all in on Dragon Chain, right? I love Dragon Chain. Dragon Chain was amazing. I was buying it all the way up. And, you know, at a certain time, it hit over five bucks a token. And, you know, the head of, of Starbucks payments joined Dragon Chain. All this stuff was looking so good. They pulled all these top developers from Disney into it. And then all of a sudden, the SEC was saying, nope, you're not compliant. And then it just stopped their development. And er, the token tanked. So, they're putting so we're going to need to see more around this Coinbase thing, uh, the the Ripple thing. Let's figure out. Let's get us some clear regulatory rules. That way, at least, I mean, I'm, I don't think it should be regulated the way that traditional things have been regulated. But I think there's got to be some clarity because all the SEC has to do is put a brake, pump the brakes, and then those tokens can crumble. So. I do think that that we're going to see more innovation and diversification, but it probably won't be in America is what I would think. Yep. I tend to agree with you. So a lot of these cryptos are somehow tied to NFTs, right? One of the big use cases for Ethereum has been um, for uh, minting and purchasing NFTs. Wax, you know, very similar. Solana has been used a lot for for NFTs. And it's been a really tough market for NFTs. The Board Ape Yacht Club, I read, um, is down to about, uh, was it 26, 27 ETH? For a board ape and at its high it was 150 or so and all of the the nft market has just taken a beating but nfts are here to stay again more and more adoption and more more what not to do when the crypto market roars back i think just like altcoins are dragged in uh, the wake of a bitcoin bull market we're gonna see you know altcoins go up and we're gonna see nfts 
go along with them because renewed interest brings more people, more mainstream adoption. And remember, there's a low supply, considerably a low supply, right? We look at some of these PFP projects that have 10,000 in their collection, Trav. Well, that might right now we go, that's too many. There's not enough demand for that. But in the future, when you've got 10 million, 100 million, half a billion people that, you know, maybe half a billion at some point that have bought NFTs for some practical application, all of a sudden 10,000 is a small number. Yeah, 10,000 is a small number, but think about it like this. these Those profile picture things, most of those are going to go away. Those, those the, the cartoon JPEGs, they're cute. They were fun. They were the beginning stages of NFT, you know, 1.0, but I don't think they're going to be as important in NFT 2.0. Right. We're going to see a lot of wide, widespread adoption, I think, in real estate, in music, in film and gaming, those types of things. The Internet world, especially when Apple drops their Vision Pro, the virtual augmented reality spaces are going to be built. Those little virtual worlds, metaverse things, those those tokens will be NFTs. So I think we're going to start seeing a lot more NFTs being more useful and not these six-figured valued NFTs more so. Maybe NFTs used as marketing elements, Joel, potentially, right? Fractional ownership type of things. We're going to see a lot of that where there are some high-value items, even real estate, luxury items that are sort of fractionalized in NFTs and stocks maybe. We might even see those as fractionalized uh, uh, NFTs. Yep. That's all coming our way. I think that, you know, if you look at current NFT collections, there's three ways that a collection that exists now can succeed. One, if the um, creators have continued to build throughout, right, as we're watching like the the, the bulls and apes continue to bold, uh, build, um, bold, it's, it's a bold market, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, um, ASM. You know, Asto token, even though it's in the tanks, they continue to build and build partnerships. Gala continues to build. They have a chance at succeeding. Those with strong communities in spite of leadership not doing their part to carry their water, they can succeed just based on the efforts of community. And then I think there are those that are going to get lucky, Trav. I think that years from now, there's going to be collections that are in the toilet today that are coming to resurgence because people have come along and going hey look at these frogs these frogs you know this is this is a uh, legendary epic stuff and we're going to add value to these you know cartoon frogs now that didn't exist before and all of a sudden they take off this would be a weird phenomenon and it will happen i could totally see that happening and like us being futurists uh I, I couldn't tell you any of those what it might be, <laughs> right? It's so hard to say because you never know what could become popular years down the road. But as interoperability happens, right, and then even virtual economies are sort of growing as the metaverse makes a resurgence with with Apple's new, um, you know, Vision Pro, which I still think it should have been called iSight Pro. They freaking dropped the ball. Uh, Tim, Tim Apple, what the hell are you thinking, bro? Anyway, I think that more and more of those things, like, you know, it, all it takes is a, a small group of people to determine that this is huge and it's going to go. Just like when Gary Vee got on the horn with all of his friends on that Zoom call back in the day. And he's like, buy CryptoPunks, buy Bored Apes, they're going to be huge. And then it's, what are you smoking, Gary? And then all of a sudden, boom. 
even on OpenSea to this day, Joel, you can't find a, an original CryptoPunk for sale on OpenSea. They, they, nobody puts them up for sale there. They, they're they're that that right there is being held more so than any other asset that I've seen. It's pretty amazing that you know the ones at the top there; the, those are holding value. And I just hope that one day they discover the V one CryptoPunks, the ones that we hold, the original ones um, that the the popular CryptoPunks were spawned yeah. from, and that Dude, those there, there take are only off. like three ETH right now for the original wrapped V one CryptoPunks. I don't know if you guys know this or not, because you know we, we've talked about this on the Nifty Show before, but the original CryptoPunks had an error in the code. And when you send it to somebody and you sent ETH with it, that person would actually get the CryptoPunk and the ETH. And so they had to go back in and they helped, they halted those and they regenerated a whole brand new one that didn't have that problem. That's the CryptoPunks that everybody has, but the V1 ones are still in existence and now they're wrapped. So they have like, they have like a little container around them that doesn't, you know, have that flaw that the other one did. So those are actually older than the original CryptoPunks by about three weeks. And you can get one of these for like three ETH as opposed to 30 ETH or whatever they are. Right. But they don't even go on sale. So it's crazy. Not financial advice. Do your own due diligence. So not, that's not NFTs. Advice. I took some financial advice from somebody and I bought one of those at 50 grand and was able to sell it for about six grand. So that's the opposite of what you want to do. <laughs> Buy high, sell low. Way to go, Travis. <laughs> I'm not selling mine. I'm I'm hold, I'm hodling it. So uh, then the other areas which spill over into from the NFT world. One of them is, of course, the metaverse. Uh, and I think you're right that with Apple, I think the Apple, uh, what are they calling it? The the vision the apple vision the vision pro now. vision pro i think it's going to exceed expectations even though the price tag is super high people have been conditioned to pay more for apple and they fomo like crazy and this device looks to deliver on its promises of of having an immersive augmented reality experience with a headset that looks like it might actually be comfortable to wear and it's going to be pricey as hell but um I think Apple's going to get away with it. I think they're going to do better than uh, what the expectations are. That's my punditry. Well, I think it depends on how open garden versus closed garden they are, right? Because Apple traditionally closes it all down. If they can find a way to open it up so NFTs can flourish and metaverses can flourish. It's in there. the App Store. It's the App Store. Yeah. It'll be the same thing. App Store flourishes like crazy. It's still, and it's yes. still a closed garden, right? It's, it's going to be a... It's yeah. going to be a closed garden. You know it. There's like, there's no, that, we don't have to guess about that. Apple's going to want to control it until the government says, uh, hey, we're breaking you up. You know, now there's going to be, you know, Apple Watch and there's going to be Apple Phone and they're going to have different companies for all them because they become such a huge monopoly. But that might not happen because Android um, really has a larger share of the overall market globally than Apple does. So maybe Apple will continue. I mean, they're a $3 trillion company now. Yeah. I would say this. My biggest concern, Joel, with the new, I'm going to call it EyeSight Pro okay. from Apple, is, is the fact that, you know, your fingerprint is unique to you. Your eyeball is unique to you. Mm -hmm. And the technology going into that device 
is scanning your eyeball at all times, taking video photos of your eyeball exactly where you're looking so you don't even have to have a controller to press anything. It's going to go where you're looking. And so I think there's probably some privacy concerns with the EyeSight Pro that we're probably not even considering yet. But just logically, I look at that and I say, wow, that retina scan that they're doing, they're going to get it. They're going to be able to create a complete 3D model of your eyeball. And so that would never be a form of, of privacy or security ever again, which Anytime you've ever saw anything in the future, you're putting a hand there and you're looking at it with an eyeball and that's, that's your, that's your past. And so that biometrics is going to be weird with that. I think. Well, it's one of the ways you go through clear at the airport. They choice try your eyes first. And if that doesn't work, then you put your two fingers on the little pad, but usually eyes is, is how it works. Uh, well, so, you know, you could be right about all the privacy issues. My point is, is that this works into this whole concept of a metaverse of a virtual reality that we are joined together and remotely um you know of course metaverses virtual worlds exist uh, off blockchain right now in the form of places like roblox you know and minecraft um and uh, i discovered uh, my friends that uh, work with exp realty they're a virtual company huge virtual real estate company that are making a dent in traditional uh realtor world of keller williams and remax and the likes because they don't have the expenses of offices um and all they have a, a metaverse they bought the software from this company uh and they bought bought out the whole company and they turned it into their own virtual office and i have not seen inside of it yet i'm going to get an opportunity to see inside of it soon but there's 20,000 people, I think, that use this thing. So it is a, um, you know, it's more like a, what do you call it? An, int an intranet, right? Not an internet, an intranet that's just for the company. Um, it's an introverse, kind of? Yeah. So metaverse is coming in some form, but not in the ready player one way that, you know, it, it's been sold to us. And it's definitely not going to be led by a Cuckerberg. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. I think that, you know, I, I read this article and saw some statistics about not only is the metaverse dead, it was never really alive to begin with when you consider how few people were actually logged into Decentraland or how few people were logged in the sandbox. A lot of hype, not a lot of delivering of that yet. But I've always said this is that, well, that's great. We're in the pre-Apple days. Once Apple drops these nuts, then you're going to go, okay, the metaverse is here. But I've always thought it was contingent upon Apple and his nuts. And now yeah. they dropped. There you go. So then you've got uh, play to earn, which, of course, we have decided is the wrong terminology. Play to earn, play and earn, play and own. All of these uh, ways of thinking about gaming and, and blockchain are incorrect. And nobody's been beating the drum harder than this than my son, Riles, who uh, he recently gave a talk at a gamers conference in Seattle. And uh, we'll have to share that with you guys where he talked about play being the most important you know, part of games being fun and uh, learning to onboard people into NFTs without them ever hearing the word NFT. And so I, but the, the day of clicking a button to earn some tokens and then walking away and it not being any fun, more just like a, you know, a gotcha machine where you just click and something comes out. Those days are coming to a close. That's not what even that, that wasn't fun really at all. It was more of a kind of a pain in the ass. It was a pain in the ass to earn. 
mm-hmm. was what it was. <laughs> and I, mean, I love Gala. I'm a big fan of Gala, but now they've kind of even made the nodes a pain in the ass. Like not even the game aspect of it is like, I have to install Docker and I have to do all this other stuff and log in. Like, so my node, my the the one Gala node, not the music nodes, the Gala node, there's some error on some Docker thing and I'm not proficient at Python. So I don't know. I'm like looking at it going, okay, great. Now I'm just not earning. So these these games have to be fun. And the more developers that you bring it in that are traditional game developers, make it fun. Like my son came here and visited whenever, uh, you know, the new Legend of Zelda came out. And that game was unbelievably fun. He didn't make any money playing it, but I'll be damned if he didn't spend 120, 150 hours playing that game while he was here, right? Because it was fun. He paid 80 bucks or whatever it is to buy the game, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't earn anything. Any of these really cool random things that he earned, he wasn't able to sell them as an NFT or trade them to anybody else and get anything out of it. He just spent his time. He just supported Nintendo. It was a really cool game. The graphics were amazing. The gameplay looked really awesome. I don't play a lot of games, but I was just looking at it going, wow. Yeah. He didn't get anything out of it, Joel, other than cool. I mastered the game. Like, a feeling of of uh, success is all well, I got. From I, I, and I'll just say I've been playing um, Tears of the Kingdom nonstop. I have my Nintendo Switch, and I was playing it at home. It's an amazing, amazing game. And I brought the Switch with me. It's a cool thing. You pull it out of the console, out of its little cradle that's connected to your TV, and you attach the little controllers to it, and now you're playing on the airplane. I, it, it, it's, that, that, that Switch is literally genius. And I think they got a new one coming out shortly that's going to be the next level switch. But that is that technology right there to make it mobile on the go like mm-hmm. that is really good. How far are you on the game, by the way? Um, too many hours in. <laughs> I have fun with it. That's I'm good. having a blast. And I keep discovering new things. Going, Oh, that's a mechanism I didn't even know I could do. So anyway, oh, yeah. last last Peter prognostic. Well, if you want some really good tri- tips. Uh, Jarek, he figured out all kinds of things. He was able, he, he figured out this one trick where you like take a diamond or something and do pause it, do something, boom. And now you have two diamonds. And like, he was literally able to ramp them all up and then take them to the thing, sell them to get, it was crazy. Watching yeah. There's actually, game. there's a glitch in the game, which you're not supposed to be able to do. Uh, where you can multiply yeah. your items. Uh, I haven't he done figured, that because I felt that like one out. he wasn't watching the glitch. He was like, what? He just did something. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, what, what just happened? And he figured it out. He did it. He tried to figure out what he did. And he was like, yeah, dad, look at this. I was like, I don't care. But I was like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> can you sell it for real money? <laughs> so let's take a look at the last piece of technology, Trav, AI. Uh, of course, we have a second show that we do, well, our third show or a fourth show. I can't remember which one it is called The Bad AI Show. And if you guys aren't subscribed to that yet, we would encourage you to do so. It is both auditory and visual pleasure for you, depending upon how you prefer to consume your dose of Travis and Joel. So AI is moving faster than any of these other technologies. ChatGPT was the fastest growing um, piece of software that we've ever seen in history. Um, got to a million users and what was it, three weeks, something crazy like that. And now everybody's talking AI. So how does this unfold going forward, Travis? What does it look like? 
well, how does AI unfold yeah. or where do we see yeah. things heading? Yeah. Well, I think we're going to see an increased integration in every everyday life, right? AI. People are saying, I was even looking on LinkedIn, people are like, how many people still use ChatGPT? <laughs> like, uh, generative AI. Like, well, if you're smart, you're using it all the time because it's the best brainstorm buddy you will ever encounter in your life is using chat gpt4 at this point right i'm i haven't used the google stuff much i'm not a big fan of google but i do think that we're going to see advancements i mean <clears throat> excuse me when we start thinking about ai in the quantum computing age like we haven't even gotten there yet mm -hmm. right when things can simultaneously compute 100x uh, uh, at this, I mean, I don't, I can't even completely comprehend what that's going to be like, but you know, I think general AI is going to be here sooner than we think. That's one thing I'm noticing on this drill is every time they say like, Oh, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to do this for two or three years. And then like the next month, boom, now they're able to do that. So it's moving faster than even the experts think that they are moving. And so if you are not able to you know if you don't use ai yet or if it's not something that's in your workflow you need to understand it because if not you could potentially become a have not down the road ai is going to augment the best employees to make them even better the ones that aren't using it are going to get even worse and so i think that there's a lot of stuff there now one thing joel that i'm i've been thinking about of how cool that this could be is you know i love the ability to read PDFs quickly, right? Summarize them. I can upload them and now I can ask them questions, right? Be able to bring in a whole bunch of books and then ask them questions. Like that's one thing I think that we're going to see sooner than later is the ability to bring in your favorite works of wisdom into a database and then be able to work within that database to pull out new information. Because I, I, I've always put this, I put this thing together of my favorite people throughout time, right? My my mastermind group of all my favorite people. I the my long term vision of that is I want to put all their AI, I want to put all their works, all their words, all their lyrics, all their thoughts or whatever we can, put it into some database, and then I want to be able to sit in a room in a VR room where I'm looking at these individual avatars of these famous people throughout time. And I can ask them direct questions based on what we think it knows. Like, Oh, I want to ask Nikola Tesla. Hey, what do you think about this? And he, Nikola Tesla, based on what Nikola Tesla knows, we've inputted all of his data in there. And now it can talk back to me and look like him and sound like him. I mean, we're so close. We're so close to this, this brave new world. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And every day that I play with this stuff, I just come away. I think I even mentioned to you last night. Yeah, e either, you know, God created all the universe the way that we understand it or some advanced OG AI of some sort that made it to a certain level of civilization that didn't kill itself. Like we're, we're pretty smart, but we're always teetering on the edge of annihilation personally, you know, as citizens of the world, maybe some figured out how to take the dark matter and matter and, and create cells. They're already making 3d printed meat, right? You know, it's like, and I can snap my fingers and say, Hey, create me the most beautiful sunset of all time. And there it is. And it's like, wow. Like, and we've only been in the industrial age, Joel, for 260 right. years. We're already here. Right. Yeah. The majority of the history of the world, they have not even imagined a time that we live in right now. 
And so, you know, we're here to cover it. We hope you guys have enjoyed listening to our thoughts on this. Of course, we'd love it if you were to review and give us five stars, subscribe, ring bells, check out our other shows, the Bad AI Show, the Web3 Show, and the Nifty Show. Tell a friend. And uh, Trav, we got anything else before we sign off? No? Something about corn, maybe? This has been full of, of of ranty future goodness. I don't know if there's anything else. If there's any more rants left in the bucket. Eat a lot of corn so you can see it a second time and say hello and stay bad. Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Come lend me your ears, girls and boys, about those magic little kernels of joy. Versatile in the kitchen Every day I'm wishing for that plant That we love so much more than soy Yes, it's corn, syrup or oil Grind or pop it, grilled or boiled Yes, it's corn, eat it today It'll remind you 